And it, and it's National Coffee Day. Did you know that? Not. Happy National Coffee Day. Hey. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like every day is National Coffee Day, but yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> Just celebrate. Always oh. celebrate. Okay. Got, got my mocha Fish. frappuccino right now, so I'm spoiling myself today. Oh, man, that sounds good. Oh, it's delicious. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I was able to bring back uh, Brenda Kramer. Um, Brenda, thank you so much for coming back. Um, I, I feel bad because like, I wanted to bring you on just to talk about bells, but then I ended up veering off for like, another 20 minutes on just dodgeball. And I was like, this needs to be its own episode. So here we are. Um, thanks for yeah. joining. Thank you for having me back. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, Man, so I, I'm going to just try to cont- control myself and let's just kind of start from the beginning. We, we kind of got into it where I think if I recall correctly, you started from WeHo. That, that's where you first started playing dodgeball? Yeah, WeHo. I subbed <clears throat> I subbed one night, a random Thursday night in, what was it, like four years ago, 2014. Um, and just a friend of mine had a team and, and she needed a sub and, and asked me cause I was athletic. So she asked me to play and I just fell in love with it that night and have been playing it pretty much ever since. So did you, this friend of yours that played, um, I mean, obviously you knew she played dodgeball for some time or was this like a, you just found out like one day, Oh wow, my friend plays dodgeball. This is wild. Like what, what did you think of it before you hopped in? If you knew about it previously? I- I did not. I had no idea about it. It kind of was like this underground world. Um, That's how she described it to me. Um, But I had, I never even heard of any dodgeball leagues. Um, And it's funny to think about now because, you know, fast forward four years and like my whole social life revolves pretty much around dodgeball. But yeah, so we, um, we went to a CrossFit gym together and this was before i got into uh coaching and personal training um but yeah she just was on uh a rec team and and just needed a girl sub so i said why not i'll try it i I, i'm really always down to try things that i that i uh like athletically that i've never done before um uh just to like try it out and see if i'm good at it and if i'm not then I'd try even harder to get better at it. <laughs> but oh, awesome. yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of what dodgeball was for me. So you're not one of those people like, well, you'll try dodgeball, maybe do terrible, and then you, you never try again. Like you'll stick with it until you get better at it. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's it's a fault in some <laughs> in some aspects because you know you get stubborn and and don't give up. But I think it helps in some ways. Well, don't try any other sports uh, for fear of losing you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't worry <laughs> that's awesome so you, you didn't really it didn't sound like you had any hesitation um she said hey come play dodgeball with me you sound like okay let's do this um i mean was that more or less accurate like you just dove right in that's uh, yeah exactly i needed something to do on a thursday night and <laughs> and and Perfect. i just was like cool that sounds fun let's do it so what was it uh if you can recall that night like you know you go to this court um, you see all these people playing dodgeball of all things and they're hurling balls at each other and they're dodging and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, do you remember what it was specifically about that experience that, that hooked you? Um, okay. So fat for rewinding four years is, is difficult, but I'll do my best. I think what, what really struck me was, um, 
not just the competitiveness, but how happy everybody looked on the court. And, um, I, you know, my, my background is actually in basketball. I played all through high school and college. So, you know, seeing a sport that people were playing and kind of getting like that same joy, you know, that joy that I used to get while playing basketball, it kind of came back, um, you know, my first time playing dodgeball. So, um, you know, just balls flying at each other, people throwing it as hard as they can, uh, like a, a catch completely changing, you know, the way that a game is going. It was like, oh, this is, I, I'm familiar with this feeling and I like it, so I want to keep doing it. That's cool. So a small part of me is like, oh man, I feel some validation finally where... <laughs> you know, because you have you take something that's coming from conventional sports, especially on the high school and collegiate level, to come into a, a dodgeball game where it's league or open gym, definitely not elite, right? And and to just kind of wow, like I feel some similarities between you know organized conventional sports to what I'm seeing right now. That that's awesome. Yeah, that's totally that's that's exactly what it was. It, you know, but I, you know, for me, like play basketball is played in a gym, so it's also going back to that gym and getting that same that you know that same rush of of like a sport in a gym with a lot of people everyone's cheering and sweating and and throwing it's so um yeah it kind of that parallel that parallel for me was really what drew me into it kind of a weird question but like did um certain like smells or scents kind of just like take you back to the good old like college days and high school of competition kind of like what you're saying like the sounds and the, the like did that kind of just bring back those memories as well it's like smelling Absolutely. the floor and yeah it it like uh for example when we had round one at um cal state northridge this season uh for elite that's a place that i used to play basketball oh, cool. um so yeah so i you know walking into that gym you know i was reminded like oh like I'm familiar with this place and you know, that, that smell of a gym, it's the same anywhere you go. Um, if you've played basketball or, you know, volleyball or any sport that's played indoors. And even for people that, you know, grew up playing soccer or softball or whatnot, um, the smell of the grass, fresh, fresh cut grass, you <laughs> know, the say. field. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, the, like, I guess it's more of a cerebral, thing for me dodgeball has become and that's what basketball always was for me as well so you know kind of making that connection between the two sports and being able to, to continue playing it's you know i get that same rush every time i step on the court as i did when i played uh basketball that's awesome that's so cool that again dodgeball of all things could have like a sense of familiarity for you and and you can feel like home um yeah. And did you uh did you take to it pretty naturally? I think if I recall, like you you start off pretty pretty good off the bat, right? Was that is that correct? Um, I I, I definitely started out because I I also played softball, so I you know I knew I I could throw. Um, I kind of took to it just the same the same way as you know you approach any new sport. You kind of like walk in and and kind of get the feel for things, and then. Um, 
you know, once you get a couple of games under your belt and then you kind of get used to, uh, you know, the way that people play and, and whatnot. Um, I would say I took to it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but by no means am I anywhere like where I want to be in the sport. Um, right. so, so yeah, so I continue to try and improve every single time I, I step on the court. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I took to it pretty quickly and, uh, I think the draw to it and the love for it that I, that I quickly found is what, um, kept me and what continues to keep me, uh, working hard. Awesome. And, and you mean in that short time, so you said about four years, you've been playing total three years, um, I put like competitive, so like elite level tournaments. Um, I'd say that's a pretty fast turnaround, especially playing on a team like Money Shot where you guys, uh, you guys took what first last year? Yeah. First last year and second this year. Yep. And then just watching you play at Bells, um, with I Love Money, like, yeah, it looks like you've been, uh, playing for a very long time just because of the, the court awareness and, I mean, shoot, you're already pulling uh, double catches, so that's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really sharp learning curve there. Just, um, Thank you. Um, real quick, though, so what other sports did you play growing up? Um, like you mentioned basketball. Uh, what else did you play, um, if any? Yeah, I played a lot. I played. I started playing basketball when I was like seven or eight, and then all through college, high school and college. Um, I also played softball. I played volleyball in high school, really, really loved volleyball. And there's actually a lot of similarities between volleyball and dodgeball. Um, you know, that, that quick sprints and, and reaction time. Um, and then I also played, uh, I played a lot of football growing up, a lot of flag football um, up until eighth grade. And, you know, I wanted to play tackle, but my parents were smart and said, absolutely not. So I didn't. Uh, but I played flag all until eighth grade. Um, but yeah, I would say basketball, basketball was my main sport and, and softball and, and volleyball were what I did during basketball off season. Gotcha. Um, you said your parents are smart because you wanted to play tackle football. So were they just like, you're going to get hurt and end up being, you know, 30 and not being able to walk like most people that play football or. Was yeah, there other and, for that? <clears throat> yeah, I also, I have one speed and it's go. So I don't really know how to hold back and, you know, it tackle like, you know, in eighth grade, boys and girls are kind of, you know, they're still similarly shaped and, and sized. But then when you get to high school, boys get really strong. Um, so I think my parents were just trying to protect me and they also knew like, basketball was was my main sport so they were like you know we're not gonna let you jeopardize basketball to play football obviously you're not gonna get into the nfl um right. so so yeah it, it was smart of them and i listened but i think that's where i get um uh a lot of like uh i, I practiced a lot of hand-eye coordination when i was young um and i i think that's super important and being able to carry that into like my adult life. I think football had a lot of, uh, you know, it helped me a lot with that. Yeah, for sure. So what, what positions did you play in football? Uh, wide receiver was, that was like, that was my, my go-to, you know, it was like, Brenda, just go down the field. We'll get it to you. You'll catch it. 
Yeah. And how tall are you? Uh, 5'7". 5'7". So I'm sure that helped um, back then with, with volleyball, basketball. And I remember you being, being pretty tall. Um, was this, a, just out of curiosity, were these like co-ed teams or was it for like the, because I don't, it was like a, was it a, a league or like, was it school? Cause I, we didn't, I didn't see football until high school. So I didn't know what was if like junior high or middle school had football leagues or, or if it was a sport. Yeah. So there were flag football <clears throat> leagues. Um, they were co-ed and, uh, the school that I went to, um, for elementary school and middle school also, um, offered sports. And one of them was flag football. Hmm. And, uh, I just, you know, when I was growing up, I was always just playing sports with the boys. And, you know, at recess, one of the things we would do is play football. Um, and, you know, like a lot of the girls were off to the side doing whatever. And, and I was just like, no, I want to play sports. Like that's, like, that's, that's boring. what I, I want to do. I want to have fun. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. So I started playing football, I think in like fourth grade. That's awesome. You reminded me of, uh, some friends of mine that would play with us because we, we'd never understand like why why are these girls like just hanging out in the jungle gym doing nothing when they could be out here playing with us and some would and it was it was awesome when they did it just felt like yay more 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 bodies playing just makes sense yeah, it's just and, more fun and, like why wouldn't you yeah exactly and how fun is it when a girl is can smoke a, a guy like it's the best oh it's, it's my know? favorite it's like my secret <laughs> weapon like these guys are gonna get burned this is awesome absolutely um well, very cool. Well, you said uh, you said football helped with like the hand-eye coordination. Obviously, being a wide receiver, um, you know, you're fighting for the ball and and whatnot, um, and just catching. But what what other sports do you feel helped you? Um, you also mentioned volleyball has a lot of similar like movements, but anything specific that really helped you kind of just take the dodgeball. I won't say naturally, but but quicker than than most. Um, yeah, like I said, volleyball. Um, just the quick the quick movements you have to make on the court. Um, court awareness, you know, it's different. Um, cause you know, you only play volleyball and basketball with one ball. Um, and in dodgeball, you kind of have to have court awareness at the same time as, as having, um, athleticism, you know, to be able to dodge and move and jump. Um, so I think I took a lot of, uh, you know, like in volleyball, so lateral movement, being able to move side to side quickly is the same thing in dodgeball. You know, you have to move side to side. Uh, you know, one ball is coming at you. You see it from one direction. You have to move to the right or move to the left. Um, you know, being able to move laterally and also vertically. So you move to the left and jump or move to the right and jump. Um, or, you know, in volleyball, having to dive for a ball um, is the same thing as like getting low under a ball that's coming at you. And uh, right. in, in, like in basketball. So basketball is is a game that's played vertically and laterally. So, you know, being able to pull up for a jumper, same thing as having to pull up or having to jump over a ball that's coming at you. So, uh, the similarities between, between sports, um, you know, it's the same thing. I never really played soccer, but you know, a lot of women or a lot of men, uh, you know, that played goalie have that ability to move side to side and jump and also have their hands ready. So, um, yeah, I think, I think a background in, in, in sports, you know, growing up can help a lot with dodgeball. For sure. And then plus it helps with like the team aspect and, and kind of just 
mostly like I don't say like subverting the ego, but you know, just you know that you're part of a team. It's not all about you, which I feel like a lot of players still kind of struggle with. And I wonder if there's a correlation between them and how many youth sports or organized sports do they play growing up. It would be interesting to 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 look at that because I totally agree. I think uh, having a background in a sport where you had to play with a team um, and learning your role, but also you know, when it was your time to step up, um, is, is something that, you know, when you, you learn, if you learn it young, you don't forget it. You carry it with you. Yeah. It's been beaten into you, as in my case. Um, <laughs> yeah, it might be a, I don't know how we'd go about that, but <clears throat> Tribune article, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there we go. Yep. <laughs> no, it's um, funny. I was actually, um, I was talking to Casey Reed. Um, she's, uh, I train her. Um, I train a bunch of a bunch of the players, um, the women's players especially. But we were, you know, we both were Division three um, collegiate athletes. She played volleyball in college, and I played basketball. And you know, there's a there is definitely a correlation between um, being a Division three athlete and dodgeball. Um, and it was something that we were going to that we're thinking about, you know, looking into and seeing how many players. Um, have that <clears throat> like division three, uh, experience where, you know, we don't get paid to play. We are very skilled in our sport, but we might not have, um, you know, that extra little bit of athleticism or, or height or whatever it, it may be to, you know, be a division one athlete where you're getting, you're getting scholarships and money. Um, but you play the sport because you love it and you're also pretty talented at it. Um, which is the same as with dodgeball. Like we're not getting paid huge amounts of money to play. And yet here we are working our butts off, uh, to improve in a sport that we love. It's the same, it's the same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking about, you know, asking or asking around and seeing, you know, what background people have in uh in collegiate sports uh in seeing if they also kind of think of it in the same way as we do that's awesome yeah i mean like like look at rise i mean they they've they've always been on the radar since 2007 as the team to beat and even with uh doom coming in and taking over uh for as long as they did it's still rise is still the topic of conversation if you're not talking about them then you're just I don't know what you're doing here in denial, but, um, you know, they have organized, I think as far as I know, they're the only team that's had organized practices. They completely shut down any egotistical players. Uh, just look at the players that used to play for them and, and don't, they have a brand guy. I mean, they really take the whole organizational sports aspect to a whole new level. And when something's not working, they readjust their rosters. Uh, they bust out with the trainer apparently to help them stretch out. And they're doing all these yeah. things that make them still relevant today. And I feel like um, if, if that's going to be like a, a content piece or if you guys are just kind of finding out just for the heck of it, I would love to see like what the outcome is and, and what you guys find out. Because I, I feel like you'll find teams like that mm -hmm. and players like that are going to be the, the more success, successful ones versus teams and players now that are kind of just, um, you know, lower, lower middle of the pack or just, you know, they're not, they're not growing. Because that's where dodgeball is now. Um, it's just if you want to get better, you have to go back to your um, organizational high school, college sport days, or or get left in the dust. Right, um, and I and I and I also I also think that there is an importance in not just playing dodgeball to get better. Like 
there's, you know, I might be biased uh, because of my, you know, my career and what I do, but there, there's so much to be said about, about putting in the work outside of, of the gym, outside of, you know, the dodgeball court, like oh, yeah. getting, yeah, like get, putting yourself in positions that are uncomfortable. It's the same thing as you being the last person on the court. Like, do you have that extra, you know, internal strength to not freak out, to know, okay, I've been in this position before I put myself through uh, the hardest workout I could a week ago and I survived, I can get through anything. Um, and that's what I like to, to, you know, let my clients know and, you know, not, not just my dodgeball clients, but anyone it's like, put yourself in any position that's uncomfortable and you can get through it and you can take that, uh, that lesson and, 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 uh, kind of, you know, spread it throughout your entire life. Um, and we just happen to be talking about dodgeball, but it, it can be taken and, and in so many different ways. That's awesome. Oh man. <laughs> Trying to get too sidetracked here. Um, so what, what, what do you do actually? So are you, I, I understand I heard CrossFit and so let me slow down. Um, so what do I do? <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Let's just start there. <laughs> um, okay. So I am actually the general manager of a CrossFit gym, um, out in the San Fernando Valley, uh, in California. Um, I, so I, I manage the gym, but I also, uh, I coach classes. So I coach CrossFit classes. Um, I teach CrossFit. I, uh, I give personal train. I do personal training. Um, I do, group classes. I specialize in, in, uh, you know, Olympic lifting. Um, basically all you can think about in, in the world of fitness, like I have a background in it. I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. Um, so I've pretty much been, I've pretty much known what I wanted to do and now I get to do it and it's the best. That's awesome. Yeah. You actually wake up happy to go to work in the morning. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Even, even the mornings that it's like 5am, you got to get there and, and give the people their fitness. It, you know, they walk out of there and they feel better. It's, it's great. Yeah. I used to think having to wake up early in the morning was dumb, but I, I kind of love it now. Um, there's something just very promising about rising before the sun and just get like that. I don't know. I, I just get like that feeling of, man, I can actually do stuff today. Um, yeah, it's like a it's 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 called the win the day mentality. So you you wake up and you're ready to win the day. So you win your own day when you get to control when you wake up and and what you do in the morning. Yeah, like that must be it because it's you know you, you just get up and you, you face it versus I'm gonna hide my covers and I don't want to and I'm gonna fight with the snooze button, um, which I do. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I have my I'll have like a good four or five day streak and then I'll weekends I'm like I'm gonna sleep forever because I can, but. Yes. Yeah. Um, earlier you, you were right. saying, um, you're, you're training uh, Casey Reed. Yeah. So I train a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, uh, the female dodgeball players, um, some one-on-one, some I do, uh, group, group classes. I've had a couple, um, actually join my gym after, uh, doing uh, personal training with them for a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's great i love it it's it's hard though because you know 
um, where I live and where I work is not super close to the majority of where the dodgeball people live. So those that, that get up and they come work out with me and they sit through the traffic, like it, it's amazing. And I so appreciate them doing that. That's so cool. So I saw, I don't know if this was, I think this was you. Well, I was, I was creeping on Facebook. Uh, I think it was like Instagram stories. Um, I've recently discovered them. So um, I just do random stuff of nonsense, but I came across um, Crystal Briona's and she, I know the first, well, one, one of the persons was, um, I think they're doing mountain climbers on like this turf and one was Brie. And I think the other one might've been Casey Reed, Reed. And I was like, geez like that's so cool like they're freaking getting after it for to practice and get better for for team usa and i think it even said like team usa training and then i asked crystal's like oh are you are you beating them up right now like is that you training them she's like no uh brenda's doing that i was like oh my god that's so cool like it was just so cool seeing um people that committed and dedicated to the what's going to be probably the the biggest uh worlds so far um because of all that's been surrounding it and, and all the hype and to see people like Andrew like losing weight and, and working out and just, just seeing that driving people is so motivating and awesome to see. And um, I wanted to ask, like, were you was that you beating them up? That, that- yeah, that, so that's my gym. That was my oh, that's, that's awesome. my gym. That's me beating them up. It was actually Crystal, Karina, and that's Brianna. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they all worked all day and came out. I think we started at like nine, 9 PM and they just got after it. They were, they, you know, I put them through tons of drills, ladder drills, shoulder stability stuff, like oh my God, I'm so jealous. all kinds, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, they work their butts off and that's all I ask when I, whenever I have clients, you know, I just, all I ask is like, you give me a hundred percent, I'm going to give you all I have. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get through this together but you're going to walk out of here and proud of yourself that you just, you know, completed an hour's worth of, of hard work. Uh, can you move to Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so I guarantee cool. you, I guarantee you there's plenty of, plenty of trainers out there in Phoenix. Um, I don't know if they play dodgeball, but you know, that's the key is, uh, and, yeah. and that's, that's another cool thing too, is that there's people that are hitting up, um, or offering rather, I think Miles Gardner from Kaiju had offered to, to put together plans for people and just the, the demand is there. It's like, maybe it's not as loud as, as we might think, or maybe it's getting louder, but it's, it's definitely there. And I'm really curious to see like what your, uh, and I don't know if this is proprietary information, but like, what, what <laughs> like, how do you, how do you say like this workout will help a dodgeball player or is there certain workouts and, and drills that just kind of help any element of a, of an athlete? So the easy answer is that it depends on the person. It depends on the athlete and what they exactly are looking for, or they need to improve whatever aspect of their game they're looking to improve. Um, this actually goes along with, you know, one of Tyler's questions. Um, and I actually, you know, put a lot of thought into, into my answer to this. Um, I think the number one thing that I see when people from dodgeball walk into my gym and they ask me to help them is they have issues with their shoulders and they have elbow issues. 
And it makes a lot of sense. You know, we're, we're in one plane of motion, constantly throwing, you know, probably as hard as you can. So you're putting your whole body uh, in your shoulder at risk every time you do that. If you don't have the requisite strength to, you know, put your arm through that same motion. Um, so a lot of what I do right off the bat is like some shoulder rehab stuff. Um, and, and it's not, it's, it's not heavy. It's not heavy weight. A lot of the times it's just body weight stuff. Um, but just getting, you know, people to use their scapula, like to actually get their shoulders to move and not try to get all their power from, you know, their, their, their elbows and their wrists and, um, you know, definitely what I focus on with a lot of people, not just shoulder rehab, but also core stability and core strength and letting people know that your core is not just six pack abs, like your core. Yeah. Your core comes from, you know, like your whole torso is your core, which also includes your back. So a lot of what happens you know, when people have back issues, it's like, okay, your core is not firing properly, but yet you're putting yourself in, uh, unstable conditions, um, trying to make your, your body go in certain directions that your body's not, it's not safe for. So then that's when injuries occur. Um, so kind of like rewinding and, and kind of like finding the source of the issue, and working from basically core out. Um, so a lot of what comes with that is, you know, the shoulder rehab and strengthening single arm, uh, single arm workouts, single arm movements. Um, a lot of what I do, uh, you know, picture a kettlebell. So, you know, you have the kettlebell and you have the handle, um, the best way to strengthen and and get your shoulder in uh, an unstable yet trying to stable position um, is holding that kettlebell from its handle underneath um, so that you're, you're, you're holding it from upside down Um, and then getting your, your arm and your shoulder to move, you know, from, like I say, like in your pocket up to over your head, but making sure you know, your arms are, your arm is completely locked out of the top. You're allowing your shoulder to move in all of the, uh, all the ranges of motion that it needs to, but you're adding in that stability, um, to help you, you know, get those stable shoulder girdle muscles to fire the way that you need to. Then you can bring that into your throw and you're not going to have as much pain when you're using your shoulder the way it's supposed to. Um, I, I'm sorry. I could nerd out on this no, all day, I'm, but please, like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I have kettlebells at home. I'm also not going to air any of this. This is going to be my advantage only. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. This is, this is all for you. <laughs> this will all be bleeped out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then from there you can go into, um, a lot of plyometrics, a lot of speed and jumping. And like I said, with, with volleyball or with basketball, it's like, how fast can you go from a sprint to a stop to a jump? Um, so I do a lot of like a lot of depth jumps. So jumping from a high box onto the ground, up onto another box down and as high as you can jumping off the ground, um, allowing your, you know, yourself to find, um, 
balance also, uh, you know, like balance is super important. And, you know, with moving from side to side, you need that core stability to allow yourself to stay balanced um, with every, every single movement that you're making. Um, and then there's some people that have, um, you know, uh, an athletic background and that's when I can throw in like some Oly Olympic lifting movements, uh, which are, um, the, the snatch and the clean and jerk. And those, those right there, um, help the most with explosion. So, you know, a lot of what you want is that explosive movement to like move forward, move backwards, move up. Um, so getting that hip explosion and extension is something that you need a lot of, um, in dodgeball and with any sport in general. Um, and then lastly, just coordination is super important. Um, you know, so I do a lot of single leg, um, so balance and coordination kind of go along in the same, in the same realm. So I do a lot of single leg movements, um, a lot of single leg, uh, what are called single leg deadlifts, uh, unilateral deadlifts where you're, you know, you're holding a weight at one side, but you're on single leg. So you're having to fight to keep your hips down and your core stable. Um, all of that's going to, going to relate so well to dodgeball, um, you know, breaking it down into like what it is it's throwing jumping catching um all that stuff added together and then you know obviously you need a cardio aspect um to you know when when those games start getting revved up you know you need that cardio you need your heart to be able to pump and get that blood moving um and not to the point where you're feeling tired to the point where you're using that blood you're using you know all the blood that's flowing to your muscles to uh, you know, be able to continually have the same strength that you did in the beginning as you do, you know, five hours later. Yeah. You got to squeeze out every, every minute you can, cause they can be very, very tiring. And it's funny how like, you know, it's, it's only like a dodgeball, dodgeball game might be like two, three minutes tops per, per match or per game. And you can be so winded just because of the stress and the movement that you're doing and the, the toll it's taking on your body. And, you know, maybe, couple hours a night um, at the gym might have just bought you those extra 30 seconds that make make or break the difference between um, you know if you're gonna catch that ball or hit that guy or, or run them down or, or what have you so exactly and and that's what <sighs> I found um, you know playing UDC and having to add the 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 bounce aspect of it the jumping aspect of it so you know you're constantly jumping and that tires you out so do you have the strength and do you have the stamina to last while jumping and get that power from your throw? Do you have that ability? And some people do, and some people don't. Um, uh, so yeah, so there's, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot that you can go into, um, in terms of training, um, and the aspects that are going to help you the most in dodgeball. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, definitely rabbit hole ideas coming up. I'll, I'll probably say those for offline, but uh, man, that's, <laughs> and like kind of going back to just starting with, you know, throwing and working on your shoulder. Like you probably, if, if people uh, would take the time to dig more or apply these uh, lessons or, or find somebody that can help them locally, they're probably buying, you know, an extra three or four years of core time. And 
you know, you mentioned you listened to like the OG panel and uh, Joseph, you know, mentioned that, hey, you know, the dark is coming for us all. We're all getting very old and we're all looking at, you know, the, the twilight years of our career. And some of us, like myself, are still seeing what we can do to just buy another year. Like, what can I do now to buy myself another two years on the court? And if it means, you know, subjecting myself to a different kind of training or maybe just like scaling back my workouts and actually just focusing on developing my uh, scapula or my core, like, I'll do it. Um, that That's... I think I think kind of going back again to what you said about how people are taking this more seriously. Like I feel like this is the next um, the next level for for people that are going to separate themselves from top tier players um, to people that are just showing up, you know, once a week playing. And you know, they may have been good, they may have been enough back in the day, but now it's now it's definitely not. Especially if you're going to compete on the elite level. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Um, can try to contain myself. <laughs> go back to, <laughs> go back to elite. Um, yeah, you kind of say, well, first of all, that was that Tyler Greer's question was being a physical trainer. Um, you put in parentheses CrossFit. What specific workouts, or at least types of workouts, does she think dodgeball players should focus on? Can't you tell some of the workouts she directed some of the Team USA that she used? And I definitely think you cover that. Um, we can that could be a podcast of its own. So maybe we'll pocket that one for later, but. Um, See if it comes up again. In the meantime, though, let's go back to um, a couple years ago. Uh, you know, you, you played in WeHo, started to get a real good feel for it, started to realize that you're pretty good at dodgeball. What uh, what brought you into the elite scene or the competitive tournament scene? So I didn't even know that elite existed oh, until yeah, much. I had no idea um, <laughs> until I uh, joined um, the all girls league, and I, I mentioned this in the podcast previously before bells but um i didn't know anybody i didn't know a single person the only person that i even recognized i think was Brittany Mastro because i she played at uh at, at weho and i just remember i was like oh my god this girl's so strong she has such a great arm um that was again four years ago so i joined the girls league and i played um in an open gym and uh and i happened to be put on a team with heidi heidi chambers and she's pretty quiet so she's super reserved but you know deadly at the same time um so i just you know i don't really remember much but i just remember you know like playing alongside of her i didn't even know what positions really meant or what a corner was i just kind of like bounced around a little bit right um um, but I think she recognized like, oh, this person might, this girl actually has potential. And I was completely unknown. Nobody knew who I was. Um, so I think she, she contacted Brianna and Brianna, uh, reached out to me or again, I didn't know anybody. So, so she was like, Hey, do you want to play on this traveling team with us or a lead or something? And again, I'm super, I'm super competitive. So anytime I can be on a team or, you know, flex that team muscle, I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do it. Um, it just so happened to be Brianna and Heidi who are unreal. So it's like kind of an honor that they asked me, you know, before I even knew pretty much anything. Um, so I just kind of learned as I went. You know, we went to that first uh, elite tournament, I guess, three years ago now. Um, and, you know, every elite tournament, you learn something new. Uh, 
so I kind of just like took it one game at a time I guess <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly then <laughs> then yes so um yeah I, I imagine you know Bree uh approaching you and Heidi scouting you um even three years ago it was probably a big deal were you like retroactively honored once you realized and got a sense of like the team you're on and who was watching you yes that's a perfect way to put it um it's like say you, you like you're just a, a guy playing football on the weekends and tom brady comes up to you and he's like hey man hey man you want to join my team i just saw you i saw you you know catch that ball you want to be on my team and you don't you have no idea who tom brady is but you're like all right cool sounds good i like playing sports maybe it's like the same thing it's like okay bill belichick and tom brady want me to play on their team awesome let's do it and then three years later like holy i've been playing with tom brady this whole time right i've been playing with tom brady i have a championship and i lost last year (laughs) that's pretty actually you know what that's pretty accurate (laughs) wow that's funny um (laughs) i guess that's a good way to put it i mean it's uh it's definitely not it's it's a big deal um not not to you know inflate her ego or, or put her on the spot but like um breeze breeze a big deal um and the, don't, I think, don't tell her don't tell her you said that i, I won't say that uh, <laughs> i never said that we'll, we'll cut we'll cut that part out <laughs> yeah I'll, just, I'll have to ask you if you want me to bleep that out and just be like a long bleep again um perfect but uh yeah and then you kind of remind me of like when we talked earlier you, you had some um you want you asked her some questions like hey how can i get better she kind of helped coach you through that um and then you know i, I would say you know here we are um you know like a couple of years later um but i do want to go into uh the trampoline and i think i might know the answer for this one um you know what what got you into playing udc and uh why did you tr- give trampoline a shot so let's rewind so a year ago there was a tournament um a 4v4 foam tournament and um at the end they did a random draw 2v2 and uh, this was a during the time that i think teams were forming for udc um so rachel rodia and i were paired together for the 2v2 and i'd I'd known her but i but i um you know was never formally introduced i just played against her um so i was super excited to get to play with her because she's amazing Um, so we played together and, and, um, and kind of like got along really well, had a really great playing rapport. Um, and then after that tournament, she, she approached me and she's like, Hey, are you playing UDC? And I was, I told her, no, well, I don't know yet. Um, I, no one's really asked me, um, but I'd really like to, because you know, I want to play dodgeball wherever I can. Um, so she said, yeah, I think I'm putting together an Arizona team. I have uh, Sam Greco and Katie Sanchez so far. And I think Steph Baxter was, was on it, but she may have got, I think she got injured like right after. Um, she's like, Sounds yeah, we right. need one more. Yeah. She's like, Hey, we need one more. Do you want to, do you want to do this with us? And I was like, absolutely. To play with you guys, of course. Um, so then shortly after that, um, you know, there was a, a Facebook group that we started and then Steph Baxter said she got hurt. Um, so we were looking for another player and uh, Lauren Hoffman was available, which again, how, but not mad <laughs> that she ended up on our team. Hmm. Um, so, 
you know, uh, Rachel and Lauren play on pop that together. So she reached out to Lauren and she, she also said yes. So that's kind of how the team formed. And then, uh, going into it i think we we all were kind of like yeah we're relatively like underrated in some aspects um so we just went out there and we had fun like we just really enjoyed ourselves and each other and just kind of feeding off each other the entire weekend yeah katie sanchez rachel rodeo and sam greco that is that's a good lineup on any team whether or any court any medium right throw you into the mix and geez um and lauren hoffman was that who that was the other one yes i think if i saw i'd know the name I think yeah if I, saw lauren her, hoffman. I, would, I would recognize her um yeah you definitely would she's on pop that she's got this crazy ar- sidearm throw that just knocks people out yeah um rachel's awesome she I don't want to say legit terrifies me, but that's kind of close to what I mean. Cause like she, I think she can get you out wherever you are. She has this amazing no look, no look throw and such a quick release. Like I, if I'm ever playing against her, like I try to prioritize her just so I can breathe a little bit. And, um, it's fun to play against her too. Um, and Katie Sanchez, man, I've, it could be a podcast about her and hopefully there will be soon uh, if we can actually get our dates aligned, but, uh, well, both of them, but yeah, those are all well, phenomenal yeah. players. Yeah. Hopefully you can get them on. I'd love to hear their stories as well. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely something I don't want to rush either. So um, it's only a matter of time. I'll get them. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that, um, well, I'd asked rather if you guys are going to come back next year, um, if UDC has another women's division, um, do you guys think you're going to stay together or have you put much thought into that since um, since then? Uh, yeah, we're going to stay together. We've talked about it and I think we all just, enjoyed it so much and we were so close to making the finals that we're that there's no way we can break up now so we're gonna stay together and try and you know get back get back there and hopefully get to the finals next time awesome um did you, who came up with loft and, and why loft what does that mean uh <laughs> so so it means uh layout for that huh. and um a coach of mine in college in high in uh in in softball so i used to play uh center field and something that she used to say to us outfielders um was lay out for that so sh- she would say that to us all the time um this was like back in 2009 when i went to college so it's just something that i never like forgot you know there's some things that like you hear or coaches have said to you and you just they just stick with you because they said them so many times and yeah so it was before um as as we were practicing um for udc um i think lauren and i and i think azalea it was just something that we would say you know for fun and just laugh and whatever um because my my coach was from uh i forget what state she was from but she had this crazy accent and every time she'd say it you know you hear it in that accent so we would say it um and then as we were like trying to think of team names um i realized that you could abbreviate layout for that and it became loft it actually kind of works it's perfect so i um i said it to the group 
and um, everyone seemed to like it. And now it, it has become its own thing and it will continue. It will live on. The loft will live on. Awesome. <laughs> so that's a great way to honor a past mentor or coach. Um, just to keep, yep. that, keep that. Coach, coach Tammy, coach always. Tammy. And layout for that, does that just mean like diving or give it your all? Or what does that mean exactly? It, I mean, it, it can have any meaning that you want. Nice. I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it's mostly like if that ball is in the air and you can get it, you better lay out for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, man, they should, uh, Somebody mentioned this on the threads a long time ago. They should like mic players um, in between games if that was possible, so you can hear people oh, saying man. stuff and, and the banter and the and the hype that goes on in huddles. Um, I could, you'd I hear could, you'd hear some weird stuff. I, I, I can think. imagine. <laughs> I, was say, I could probably I can imagine hearing some weird stuff, but good stuff nonetheless. Um, I forgot to ask, um, or maybe maybe I forgot. But did did you mention that you do you play in a co-ed team? uh an 8.5 team yeah no so i saw that question as well and um i don't play on an 8.5 team and i don't think i ever will um i have uh a background with some injuries and concussion stuff and just putting myself in that position to get my head blown off by one of those guys who throw hundreds or whatever, how fast they throw. It's just one of those things where I have to be smart. And even though I love it, like I've played it a few times. Um, I think I played it mostly at Kelly's invitational tournaments um, with all women, but even some of them can, can sling that ball. Um, but, oh, yeah. you know, just, just for safety reasons, I prefer um foam and and no sting gotcha so it's kind of like um back in the day when you're told not to play football like you just want to preserve yourself as much as you want to it's probably choosing the better option so you can keep playing in the other other divisions exactly <clears throat> that's smart um probably really hard to to fight that urge um especially after get to know you a little bit more but um it's, it's like you can play risk getting injured and not play ever again or you can continue to play and and grow in the way that you have so and that was another tyler grew question um he definitely went ham again but he was killing it man he was i love it (laughs) it was great he's just like bing 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 he's like oh my god tyler (laughs) that was uh (laughs) that's what i want so um we'll get there soon actually um do you have a a style of play um like are you defensive offensive are you known as catching blocking does it vary um how would you define Mm. how you play and what you bring to the team I would describe myself as pretty versatile actually. Um, and really just depending upon the opponent. So I actually watch a lot of film. I watch a lot of the games, um, just trying to get to know, uh, the teams that I'm going to be playing against more and really studying teams, tendencies and players tendencies. So I know going into playing a specific team, what style they like to play. So how do I need to, uh, you know, kind of maneuver myself or, or, or like what plan of attack I need to take, um, to be the most successful. So, um, 
that's just kind of like a long-winded way of saying like i can i can you know if 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 my team needs me to corner i'll corner if a team you know like in loft for example like my my role was more of a catching role and and i took that absolutely you know just really depends on on what the team needs and and i can fit whatever you know space they need me to go in nice going back to that team mentality like it's not about what i want it's what the team needs right and what's going to be best what's going to help the team be the most successful that's what matters to me awesome very cool um I haven't, for some reason, I just now thought to ask this to for for people, and that is, what what number do you have or do you wear, and does it bear any significance? I wear number thirty five, and that number is um, my first ever basketball number when I was growing up. Um, so you know, my first whatever rec league basketball team is just the number that I got, and it you know, not many people have it other than Kevin Durant now, but other than that, like, you know, it's not, it's not super common, but you know, it means a lot to me. So it, it feels good to honestly, to be able to, uh, continue wearing it. That's funny. Um, somebody, a couple people on my COA team have tried to take number eight for me and I got insanely offended and insulted. (laughs) I was like, how dare you? This has been my number for, for decades, well, a long time. Um, yeah, and I'm just now realizing, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal for people. So 35, it was just randomly assigned to you? Yeah, it was my first number, and I wore it all through high school um, and college as well. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I needed 40-some-odd episodes later, and I finally thank you about a really good question to start asking people again. Kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> <one, but laughs> there you go. Yep. Always adding new to the to the lineup here, and um, the only other question I have was, what is your favorite style of ball? Usually, it's you know between rubber, no sting, and, and foam. But for you, I guess no sting versus foam. Do you have a preference at all, or? I, I really like foam. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, I love it. I love the style of it. I love the style that you have to play when you when you're when you use it. I think, I just I I really like playing with it. So foam first, no sting second. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's just the way of the world. We're all moving to foam. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> just need to adapt and overcome. Uh, for me, anyway, I love eight point five. Always will. But uh, foam is it's it's growing on me as much. And I just I like to give it a hard time, especially people that are proponents of foam. But like, I I, I do enjoy it more and more. So, anyway. Yeah, it's fun. Um, one question that popped up because you're, you're talking about like all the sports that you play and all the training and intensity that you do. Um, have you ever experienced a soreness like dodgeball soreness? And a soreness like dodgeball soreness. Yeah. And like, that's kind of a random question. He's like, so I, I've, I played a lot of sports too, but like dodgeball for some reason, like just renders my entire body just completely just, just torn up. And it's, it's an incredible feeling because it feels really satisfying that you're like, yeah, I worked my butt off this weekend. I also feel like I'm 80 all of a sudden. Um, have you ever gotten that way with, um, with, with when the games you played or the matches you played? Um, I would say 
that the worst soreness I've felt, I used to do some CrossFit competitions, nothing crazy, but, um, you know, where it's like, uh, you're doing three or four workouts in one day and they can vary with, you know, the type of workout that you're doing. I don't think I've ever felt more sore or like my entire soul was like broken. Um, other than doing CrossFit competitions. I think, I think for dodgeball, I, 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 I've gotten sore, but there's nothing compared to just just lifting those crazy weights and, and putting your body in like the craziest, uh, positions. Um, but yeah, the dodgeball soreness is, you know, sometimes my feet get sore and my, my arms can get a little bit tired, but nothing compares to a crossfit competition yeah i can imagine just seeing um you know, the competitions that are you know espn2 and whatnot and kind of goes back to what you said about like how you expose yourself to the elements and you make life really hard sometimes so that when you are required to step up and endure something like dodgeball you're like oh i can totally handle this um because you've, you've you've experienced something probably far worse or, or more challenging or, or more um more wear and tear on the body Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the questions that I started to add to this or kept was Markel Stokes. Um, he generally would ask, uh, "What song gets you amped up for a dodgeball game, if any?" <laughs> what song? Um, or songs? I think it it varies. Sometimes I like to stay chill and I'll like listen to a podcast. Like I'll listen to Bill Simmons. I'll listen to a Bill Simmons podcast, you know, just listen to what's going on in sports. Um, sometimes it's beastie boys. Sometimes it's, uh, blondie or some kind of like, it, it really just is random. Sometimes it's some, you know, some new EDM stuff and sometimes it's nothing. Um, when I was playing basketball, fun fact though, I would listen to country music before I played. Um, but I've kind of evolved since then. So I don't, I don't really have like a, a, a specific playlist that I listen to. It just really depends on how I feel that day or that morning. Gotcha. So it could be all over the place. <clears throat> all have, over like, the place. Exactly. Where, okay. Country music, huh? Um, like 90s country music when it was actually good or the new crap that started coming out after like 2005 well it was in 2000 between 2009 and 2011 2012 so i guess it was the crappy country music Mm. (laughs) well teach their own I'll, i'll leave it at that um yeah rascal flats goes hard man okay there's there's two songs i really like from them I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like you got Purple Rain stuck in my head. Now, <laughs> it's just going to be like a tradition. I was like, what song made it stuck in my head now? It's Purple Rain always. Yeah. It's, they're fighting right now in my head. I'll let you know who wins later. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, well, let's go back to some of Tyler's questions. Um, might have maybe kind of addressed this a little bit, um, but we'll fire it off anyway. So Tyler Greer asked what does uh what do you think the evolution in your game should be um what do you think you need to work on uh, what's your focus personally this upcoming season so I'm, I'm guessing uh for 2019 um 
couple things I really need to hone in on are uh, my blocking is not great. Um, and I know that for sure. So I'm going to put a lot of work into that in the off season. Um, play calling, like being, being that voice on the court. Um, you know, I've, I've had the, the privilege of playing with, with Brianna and she's, you know, an expert play caller. Um, so I want to, you know, continue to learn from that and be able when she's not on the court to be able to, um, pick the right spot or, you know, pick the right people to throw at or, or whatnot. Um, mm. and just, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, developing new types of throws. So I've been practicing, um, you know, some, uh, some, you know, curveball stuff and really more like breaking ball type of stuff. Um, but just, you know, being able to, to have those different kind of throws in my back pocket, you know, just so it's not predictable what I'm doing. Change it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Are you trying to do that? Like, what is that thing? It's like a, like a backhand throw. Um, you're trying to do like, I don't want to say weird throws like that. Cause they can be pretty effective. Um, anything that versatile or is that kind of just, you're going to keep that to yourself and, and figure out. <clears throat> um, We'll see. We'll see what I can figure out in the next few months. Gotcha. I bring that up because I saw Bree do that and, and Bells during one of the tournaments. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, it was just yeah. vicious. It's like, you, how, you can't even know when that's coming at you. That's. Yeah. Pay attention nope. next time. Yeah. Nope is, uh, is about right. Um, right. Markel, he seems to like this question a lot, but he asked if you had to jump on a team from the West Coast region, which team would it be on? Um, assuming, you know, you had to leave money shot for whatever reason. I saw this and I toyed with it. And, um, my first thought was to decline to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if you wanted a, an out for that one. So here's my out loft. Hmm. Plus someone else. Gotcha. That's my answer. Fair. It counts, uh, right? That counts. I think yeah, that should count. Totally acceptable. Um, you know, it's hypothetical. I mean, why would you ever want to leave money shots? So <laughs> that works. Um, Markel, you got to stop asking those questions, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Try, stop trying to create drama. <laughs> Let us pot. live. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that guy's hilarious. Um, <laughs> all right. So going back to Tyler, um, let's kind of read this one out loud. Being somewhat new to dodgeball, three years-ish, uh, four. What ball style do you have the most fun with and do you see dodgeball taking off or at least continuing to progress with a specific ball style ahead of any of the others? Um, we can just negate phone or rubber there. And um, man, what a, lots of questions. Okay, so what uh, what ball style do you have the most fun with? Um, and I think we kind of answered that already. That would, would that be foam? Foam, yes. And then in terms of how you see dodgeball continuing to progress, do you believe it's going to be a foam type of structure or no sting? It's interesting. <clears throat> um, I, I'm inclined to say foam just because of how popular and prevalent it is around the world, I guess. Yep. Um, but like I said before, I have only been in this world for about three to four years. 
So I don't know. I don't know the history. I don't know the whys behind why, you know, women in elite play uh, no sting or why, you know, leagues are, you know, mostly no sting. I don't know the answer to that. Um, so in my opinion, I think, I think foam, well, it's, it's hard because, you know, I think about it in terms of, of, uh, of throw style. So if foam becomes, you know, the, the one that we play mostly, a lot of people are going to have to, to re, you know, program their throws and learn how to throw the foam ball. Um, you know, and that takes, it's more than just pick up the foam ball on a Sunday and throw it around. Like, you know, a lot of people have developed throws in no sting and, and, and 8.5 in rubber. Um, so if foam is going to be taking off, then it's going to require more work. Um, do I think that people are willing to put that in for sure? Um, so I guess it's a long winded say way of saying, um, I think foam is the future. I think it's going to be taking off more so, um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's a good answer. And I gonna have to agree with you just because going back from the very start, you know, 8.5 was definitely the beginning. Um, Getting too crazy into history, there used to be like this thing called a stinger, which was uh, about the size of a, of a softball, and it was eight it was it was rubber, it was two ply, <clears throat> and those mm. were just murdering people. So those got phased out. Um, they lost popularity. Eight point five grew, and now it's um, you know it's it's slowly transitioning into foam taking over. That's what the rest of the world plays with. Um, no sting is a very good alternative, especially for rec league. So a lot of people that are coming into elite are bringing that uh, bias with them or that preference, and um, with foam, like part of why I get so obsessed is just because it's I have to relearn how to play dodgeball again, and part of me really likes that because it's it's that challenge. But the other part of me is like super frustrated because it's like, man, I used to like the the brain and the muscles do what they're supposed to, but something just doesn't happen. And that's just getting used right. to the trajectory of foam and and trying to trying to adapt. So it depends on the day. Sometimes I really enjoy it. Um, sometimes <laughs> I'm just like super frustrated. Like, come on, it's like learning how to walk again. Right. But that's, I think that's, that's the beauty of it is you have to challenge yourself. You have to find that challenge to be able to grow. And, you know, you can get, you can get stuck in your ways, but how are you going to improve if you don't suck at something first and then learn how to do it, put the work in, put the time in and get better. Yep. I agree. Yep. That's well said. Um, so Tyler asked this other question. This one might be super loaded, but we'll see. Um, this uh, starts with, might be for Brenda, might, maybe not. But I've been thinking about this question a lot, and anyone and everyone's opinion should be valued and has validation. So is there a future for dodgeball? And where, how might we see it, and what is needed reasonably of what currently already is? Um, probably should have vetted that question first. Um, so it's a, yeah, that's a loaded question. <laughs> But you, had, you said you had a chance to like look at this prior to, so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had a chance to look at it and kind of mull it over a little bit. Um, short answer, yes, there is a future for dodgeball. Um, the, the thing is, where does that growth, where does that, where does that start? And I don't know the answer to that, but 
Um, and I know there's so much that happens in the background, you know, with elite, with team USA, with USA dodgeball, I know they're doing a lot to try and grow the sport in any different way that they can. Right. Um, there is growth. I don't know where it starts. Um, you know, I, it's hard because it's something that so many of us are so passionate about and we want it to grow and we want it to be popular. Um, not just in our, you know, in our hashtag dodgeball family circle, like, you know, you want to get other people, not just playing it, but loving it and watching it and supporting it, you know? Um, and I think that might be the next step is, getting fans people that don't play but you know know the players as dodgeball players and 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 you know have a chance to you know come support and cheer on their favorite team and not necessarily need to form a team to come play against them um but i don't know how that happens without you know getting uh dodgeball you know on tv more or 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 what have you like there's so many back back end things that need to occur to have that growth happen but i think we're on the right track and i think you know a lot of it comes from you know vince makes a lot of videos and sharing those videos because you know our world is so you know much just between you know the palms of our hands and our fingertips like social media is huge so getting that, getting that word out, getting those videos out, getting people to see dodgeball as more than just what the movie was, you know, however right. many years ago, you know, that's done. That's not what it is anymore. Um, but yet you're still going to find, you know, the average person doesn't know how competitive that, that dodgeball has become. Um, and what's, what's the best way to do that? I don't know. You know, I try to, um, I talk about dodgeball all the time at my gym. I get, I get people, members of my gym to watch videos, you know, people from my gym want to come support and they want to watch. Um, so, you know, that's a start, but you know, to legitimize it and get people to take it seriously, I don't know. I don't know where or how that happens other than getting more viewership or getting, you know, figuring out how to get corporate sponsors, if, if we even want to go that direction. But, you know, getting it to just grow, I don't know where that starts, but I think it's happening. That's, yeah. Um, I get a lot of points, and I'm glad you mentioned Vince making and sharing videos because um, Sometimes it could feel like it's a bit much like, okay, Vince, how many times I get to see your spinning backhand throw at Sin City in 2016 against Tanya Kaiser? Like, geez. And you look at the comments and there's like thousands of them. And you look at how many thousands of views have seen that. And you look at people saying, oh man, that guy's insane. Or that guy's, you know, gnarly. Or that poor girl had no chance. And like, they, they don't know who they are, who they're talking about, but they're identifying them as individuals, as, as people that are playing dodgeball. And they're just, that, that conversation is kind of happening on social media and, I think um, I think what you said was, was pretty much dead on. Like we have to figure out a way to show all the content that we're creating for our own consumption, but give that to other people so they can actually buy into. Like, why would someone care about 
Titan from Phoenix. Why would people care about this Andrew Ketchum guy? Like, yeah, he's a big dude and he's throwing heat, but what else about him do people want to follow? That why would they care if he wins versus um, you know Rise? And I think like hopefully I'm putting a lot of faith into into Dominic, but like with all the work that he's put into his documentary, I hope he's that's is like the. I don't know, like the jump start that gets people to see the real world of dodgeball and get out of the oh, oh just like the movie you guys play on the Ocho and and, right. and all the stuff that we're we're so used to. And um, I had a I had a conversation with some of my sergeants um, during drill because uh, I was watching, trying to watch or follow um, both UDC and the WDA uh, event. And you know they were asking me like, hey, what are you, what are you watching? And I was like, oh yeah, there's a there's a world dodgeball competition right now, and there's also a trampoline tournament taking place right now. And they're like, oh, oh, is that gonna be aired on the Ocho? I was like, no, it's live streamed. Like you guys can see it right now if you want. And I try to show them some pictures and some footage, and they're just like, holy! Shit. Like they had no idea how um, how intense it looked. And the the branding, I went on this for for UDC for quite a while. Like the branding that was portrayed with like the team interviews and seeing people like Ashley Cook, like looking like you would look at somebody for, like from a Monday Night Football production. Like you know, they've got like that gritty type of like. Um, imagery going on like that's what they need to see they need to see more of that versus um what they remember from a movie that came out 14 years ago because that totally changes their perspective now they're interested in when i go to play and i kind of it's kind of a weird thing to talk about when you're on duty but it's still that that's what changes their, their perception so i think that helps with the growth and um i would honestly say more people like you coming in from the beginning where some i don't even know how you recreate this but uh, i think there's just certain people have it where you come in you play you do all right maybe you don't like you know take off like you thought you would but you stick with it and you just keep coming back um it's uh yeah it's a good question um but um yeah your answer was, was really I, I agree with a lot of those points like i said freaking tyler um hey I, I, whatever man i like <laughs> the questions i think i think he is also trying to think of of how the sport can grow and um you know you need the opinions you need you need the feedback from people to uh to help that growth and you know that's that's what we're doing i think yeah and so speaking of that um dan levine i hope i, I shouldn't know how to pronounce his name by now but he said you know it's a good question and uh it's also being deserving of a standard question so i think that's like three standard questions that i've added now um from this interview so good call dan and yeah it's a good point um get to have a the opportunity to interview a lot of people and, and get their their input and i think this is a good question to to continue moving forward so probably something they'll have to mull over though before uh because it, it does take some thought but um connor Heelan. connor <laughs> i had a feeling you knew this person so who is your favorite <laughs> player to play in in a random draw 2vd tournament with that sli- with that slightly resembles macaulay culkin i was like that's a really targeted question so um um who might that be <laughs> I think it. Uh, I'm gonna go with Connor. Okay. Um, Connor is my answer. <laughs> yes. Was <laughs> <laughs> this? Uh... But but I also have had that opportunity to play with Rachel in the same kind of way. So Uh-oh. you know she doesn't resemble Macaulay Culkin at all. Um. So Connor, you get this one. That was close. Yeah. Um, I wasn't it sure was about close. that. <laughs> Was this from the, um, uh, was it, was it the, the thing that you came from when we last interviewed? Um, yes. The fundraiser? That's okay. what it, yeah, that's what it was from. <laughs> that was hilarious. I read that. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a very specific question there. I think I know the answer <laughs> to this one, but 
we'll ask it anyway. We have to. Um, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Connor all day. That's awesome. Um, Katie Sanchez, uh, what is your most memorable dodgeball play uh, that you, that you've either made or seen? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from the double catch. <laughs> I was gonna say that um, doesn't count. We've we've talked about that already. So. Yeah, that doesn't count. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this in in a team aspect. I think winning nationals against Pop that last year. Um, we had never beaten Pop that even in an elite round. We had never beaten them, um, and being able to come together at that moment when we needed to most and beat pop that four times that 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 is something i will never forget and that will always be my favorite and happiest dodgeball moment um wow you know it's like it's like playing against against the best team and you never beat them ever and and yet you know the opportunity on the biggest stage your team figures it out and comes together and doesn't just like, you know, luckily win. Like we really had to, to, to study it and to figure it out and to beat them four times. That's not a fluke. That's like, no, we earned that win. Super so that will exactly, that will always be, um, my favorite, most memorable dodgeball moment. Um, and I think the moment what the, the most memorable moment memorable moment i have watching dodgeball and we've talked about it so many times and and i think it deserves to be talked about forever is angelique's beast mode like you know it's, it's like someone is known for being a catcher she's known for being a catcher and yet here she is and this is this just goes to show you like the versatility that the best players need to have she took it upon herself what was it? One V four, something like that. Yeah, one V four. She took those balls and she said, "You know what? I know you guys think I'm going to catch this, but watch. I got an arm, and I'm going to get all of you out." And that's exactly what she did. And that was impressive and inspirational. And it just goes to show that the best players can be put in any situation and come out on top. So. You know, I'll never forget that moment either. Just watching her put the team on her back and just win the game for them. It was awesome. Yeah, that was so again with my delayed reaction, I saw on the feed like, holy crap, Angelique, Legend of Leak, just like people just saying, Wow. And they, they hyped up this incredible play or, or series of plays that I had to like wait until I got home to watch. <clears throat> and um you know, I was expecting to, like you said, just to, okay, maybe she caught, maybe she made a triple catch. Like, you know, I just <laughs> immediately just kind of, I don't say wrote her off, but just assumed it was, a, it was a catch. And so when I'm watching this, I was like, okay, like it's 4v1. Like what, what is she going to do? That's so amazing. And then I see her take out Karina and I'm like, wow, that was okay. Like, and that was like a, that was a good shot. And that was like from quite a distance. So, you know, she took out the, the next player and I was like, she's not catching anything she can take them all out with her by throwing and then she did and i was like holy crap that was not what i expected definitely lived up to the hype that i had you know been been following and yeah it's like you said you know people might have expected her to do one thing she did another and it just like the excitement like i wish i was there to actually see it and experience that live but that was um that was incredible and i just love the commentary too like people just, like you know dave and 
and uh, Brittany just like losing their minds um, while this was happening. That was that was awesome. And you know, I wasn't there. I don't do UDC, but that's that's a memory that I'll I'll have for for quite a while. That sticks out. For yeah, this year. and that's those those are the moments that that need to be featured in places other than than on you know in our small dodgeball circle. Like yep. those are the things that people need to see to get the interest in dodgeball skyrocketed. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this question, the Andrew Ketchum question, and that is, um, what do you want to achieve in dodgeball and what keeps pushing you to play to get better? Obviously that you have that competitive, um, drive, but what, what is that about you? Like, and, and what do you want to do with dodgeball ultimately? So personally, I would love to represent team USA. That's that's my goal and that's really what I'm working for right now and working towards. And those are, you know, the hours that I put in in the gym alone. Like I work out by myself um and push myself super hard to build up that stamina and and endurance and have what it takes to last 4 days. That's my goal for next year and for beyond um to represent the United States. Um and I think, uh, in a macro sense, just seeing, I want to see dodgeball in the Olympics. I think, you know, there's a, there, there's a space and a time and, and, and that can happen. Um, and hopefully it can happen in my lifetime of playing, but if it doesn't, like, I'd love to be part of the, you know, the the beginning stages of of moving dodgeball from playing in a bar to playing where we are now to playing in the olympics like there's stages that happen and you know i want to be involved in helping players get better physically you know I, i even if i ever stop playing dodgeball when that happens i'll still be able to 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 train and to coach and to get people physically fit and like, you know, yes, I have my own goals, but I think broader than that, I just, I love helping other people. And, um, I see the greatness in, in, in so many other people and having the ability to pull that out of them and utilize that in, in a sport like dodgeball, that's, that's what's most important to me. Um, you know, right now I, I, I predominantly only work with, with women, but I would love to get some of the men out there as well to, you know, to work with me and to, you know, have me let them help or have me help them, you know, improve more than just their arm. Like, let's get you moving better, you know? Um, and let's get you playing until your forties, fifties, who cares? Age doesn't matter. Like, if you work your body the way that it needs to be worked and take care of it, you can, who says that you have to stop playing when you're 50? Who, who says that? Doesn't, you don't have to. Yeah. I look at, uh, Alan's dad, James Wright and, uh, Dave Benedetto. I'm like, if they're still trucking, I can, I got another five, 10 years easily if I take care of myself. And, uh, yeah, um, man, I like we said about like, being part of so the Olympics may not happen in your playing lifetime, but just to be able to kind of 
sit back, say we're watching on, on TV 20 years from now and it's actually there, like, wow, I was, I was part of that. I was part of, like, the first um, wave of, of Team USA memberships. I was part of, you know, the Elite Series from 2000-whatever to whenever. Just having that kind of, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like security that, that dodgeball continues and you're able to help push that, you know, whether it was by pushing a couple players to better themselves or by being on rosters of teams that are forever cemented in the, you know, the, the history, you know, like money shots going to be up there for a long time. Um, and I wonder if people that train under you are going to, I would imagine that when people look back at when athletes or when dodgeball players became athletes, they were looking to trainers such as yourself to help them get there. Like, I, I don't know. I think that was really profound what you said. I'm probably butchering it, but, um, yeah, that was, that was well put. Um, yeah, thank you. Need the brain to slow down a little bit <laughs> again. Huh. Um, so you, and you also kind of answered uh, what you're looking forward to in 2018 and beyond. Um, <clears throat> and I did want to ask, um, do you have like a specific memory that that's your favorite other than um, when you guys beat Pop That four times in a row? Or is that pretty much like the highlight so far? Um that's way up there and i also think um it's important to to remember not remember the failures but to recognize them and and not necessarily failure as in like we came in last place but you know the things that didn't go right the things that uh happened in tournaments that we you know would like to take back or whatnot but not really f- not focusing on the on the negative things that happened but learning from them and and also not you know not fearing failure and and i think that's what helped us a lot is like we know we we've played well against you know x team y y team like we know we can beat them so what are we going to learn from from our mistakes to to end up beating them and i think uh, you know, just having that ability to grow and, and to learn from failure is what sets people apart from others. Um, you know, this year we also won, uh, in Kelly's classic, we won the no sting, uh, the no sting aspect of it, but we did not do well in the foam, the foam part. And, uh, you know, there, there was some frustration, there were things that came up and, and that was when we really needed to rally together to play, uh, to come back and play no sting. And, um, we, we did that. So I think that will also, you know, always remain like a very fun memory of mine is, is tasting failure. And then, uh, and, and, and then kind of coming back and, and feeling that sense of victory at the same at the, on the same day. It's awesome. It's kind of like going back to last episode where you know in the, the nationals, you guys got knocked out like right away. You took like an immediate loss, but then you fought your way back through because you didn't let that defeat you. You just kept going and, and moving with the punches. Exactly. Oh, that's incredible. Um, so do you have? Um, this might be like a two-part question, but that was, and I thought of this as we were talking earlier, and that is, um, <clears throat> what are you going to do during the off-season? So you kind of mentioned, like, you know, you work out by yourself. Um, 
you subject yourself to things that, that are uncomfortable so that you can grow. But is there anything specifically that you plan on doing between now and like the next elite? Um, and I guess maybe post the, the LA Classics, that's still pretty, pretty competitive tournament too. But what are your plans for the off season to, to get better and achieve those goals that you talked about earlier? Um, I think one thing I'm, I'm going to work on even more is, uh, mental strength. So I, I meditate almost daily. Um, but I'd like to, uh, to make that even more of a focus for me, just staying present, um, not letting, you know, failures or, or letting, you know, a bad play hold you back or hold me back. And, and, um, just practicing that mental strength I, it, that, you know, I, when I started meditating, it was about two or three years ago. It's really, um, helped me kind of hone in on what's important and what, uh, you know, not just in dodgeball, but in life as well, you know, things, bad things are going to happen. Negative things are going to happen. Um, but it's how you view it and how you move through it that, determines whether or not you're successful. So mental strength. And then also, you know, I, I like to, I like to change up my, uh, my workout routine as well. I learned as I go just as much as I teach my clients. Um, so if I am seeing something that, you know, I need to work on in my game, I, I figure out how to implement that into my workouts. Um, and, you know, kind of grow, uh, the same way as I, as I help my clients grow. Um, so, you know, there's some specific things that I, that I'm going to work on. Um, like I mentioned throwing and in, in different styles, but also, you know, putting myself in even more uncomfortable positions. Like, you know, like yesterday I did a workout where I rode, uh, on a rowing machine, I rode 5,000 meters and, in between that I, or in between like every few minutes I would do, uh, you know, some jump rope work and, and having to, having to, uh, go from, you know, one modal modality to another, um, but maintaining the same, uh, like heart rate and not letting myself get too overwhelmed on the jump rope part. Um, you know, finding that stability and that balance is something that, you know, I like to find in my everyday life, like finding that flow and bringing that flow from personal training and training on my own into dodgeball. Wow. But here's the thing is I didn't, I, when I was growing up, I was so unaware of the importance of, of what happens between the ears when you play or when you're training or even just on the daily. Um, so I've become a lot more aware of that. And that's what I want to help people with as well is like finding that inner mental strength and, and calmness at the same time. Um, it's hard, but it, it, it takes work also, but it, it pays dividends. Man. Um, <laughs> thinking about all the people I've talked to this year and I don't think, and this, this just could be because I didn't answer or ask it, but I don't think meditation or what goes on mentally and working that part out of 
the whole like dodgeball player or athlete was ever mentioned. So, man. Um, Hopefully this, this, you know, people listening, um, if they have questions, they can reach out to me or, or whatnot. But um, there's so much to be said about training the mind as well as training the body, as well as putting the work in with dodgeball. Um, but you can't go anywhere without your brain. So why not take care of it? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm taking it back because I never thought like, duh, like it's not just, oh, I'm (laughs) tall so I can throw really fast because I'm, I'm Brody, you know, or I've got massive legs like Justin Acton. I can hurt like it's, there's so much that people might overlook or might not think about that encompasses what makes the ideal player or make allows you to play in your best form. And that's probably, you know, diet, meditation now, um, practice, um, mental fortitude. That's just, you're just opening up all kinds of other questions that, um, probably have to talk about it again for sure. Um, and get into it. But, um, man, that that's, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like a delayed oh yeah that, that's a big deal um what goes on mentally and that's i think the only two people that that come close um was was kenny cox and you know i asked him like dude you're like a warrior like you fight you you're super tough you like you just love the battle how did you become that way or, or were you born that way and he just talked about how in high school he was you know not at all what he is now and that just took from the decision one day to be like i'm gonna get tougher and just continuously exposing himself to those 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 um situations and toughen himself out and you know we see the end product we see kenny this monster guy who's you know chucking balls at 80 miles an hour and he he loves being hit in the face like that's really strange to me (laughs) glenn's kind of the same way um and then I think the closest was Alan, you know, he, um, I think I kind of pinpointed to when he said, I want my whole focus this year is to give rise a championship. And, you know, not saying it was like the secret or, you know, like it happened because of quantum mechanics or whatever, but like he mentally made the decision to work his ass off to make that happen. And he contributed to it. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said still and brought up in future podcasts about the mental aspect. And, and you're just giving me all kinds of good <laughs> questions to ask now. So yeah yeah one day we can dive even more into it oh yeah no we have to and then also just like you know how do you like what workouts are there and 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 what diet is there and what what do you see builds the the best player and and how do you stay in shape and how do you stay fit and how do you stay you know active because again like the the players that put the time in between now and march we'll see them in march and we'll see the ones that didn't and for all the people that want to whine about, oh, I can't play against Ketchum, he's too good. It's like, well, get better. You know, put the work. What are you doing to? What are you doing about it? Or, man, I'm so tired of seeing Doom and Rise taking first and second. Well, what are you guys doing about it? And some teams have been, and you can see the difference already. And it's exciting to think about where it'll, it'll be two, three years from now. So, right, exactly. And and Ketchum is a really good example. Um, you know, I I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it, but you know, observing and just seeing the physical, not just just physical changes he's made um, in his own body from um, whenever I saw him last year to now. There's something mentally that happened where he decided, you know what, Let, I'm, I'm the best player, but I can be better. That's what that's what separates champions 
from just the average person in general. Um, so I'd love to pick his brain about that and just see what he, what his goals were and, and how he's gotten to where he is now. But I think, um, you know, also teaching people that you can get to a goal, but that doesn't mean you can become complacent. You can yeah. get, you know, however good you are in dodgeball, but there's always somewhere to improve and get better. And that complacency, uh, will hold you back. So can you fight through that? Can you push yourself beyond some, but, but, uh, I'd like to see people try and that's, you know, that's the goal. And I love how you said that. So there, I mean, people, people have their new year's resolutions. They'll join gyms. They'll go once they'll never come back. They'll get intimidated. They'll go for like two or three days and then they stop. But then some people just have that, like that point where they've, they've, whatever it is, they've had enough. Like they, they are on a mission now and they get that momentum and they don't stop. And I would love to know. And I, I don't, I didn't think about it Cause I don't think he was doing this when I interviewed him, but I want to know what catch him, catch him's moment was or Kenny's moment. Like, okay, you decide you want to be a tough guy. What, what went on mentally to make that decision happen and give you the conviction and the drive to continue going? Is there, is there a word for that? Or is there like a, in your industry or your field, is there like a, like, is there a phrase or a way to describe that that you know of? What, that aha moment? Yeah, just that aha, I'm going to go to the gym now because I'm, I'm driven or I'm hungry or I mean it now or, um, that's um, one thing I'm really fascinated with. I, I, if there is, I can't think of what that word is right now, I guess. Um, aha moment is really what I'm thinking of, but yeah. it's like, where is it like that, that fortitude, where did it come from? Where did it, where did it spawn from? Um, and like, it, like some people are born with it. Some people have it, you know, and others don't, which is why it's so easy to sign up for the gym on January 1st and never go back. Yep. That's the easy way out. It takes a lot more, a lot more than just showing up sometimes uh showing up sometimes is sometimes the hardest thing to do but at least you got your butt in there and now i'm gonna help you you know getting getting to that place of also kind of like acceptance of you know i'm not where i want to be but i need help and i need someone to help me push or help push me to that um that is a sign of strength in my opinion as well Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, shoot, you going to Bree to Bree saying, how can I get better? That just shows that warrior mentality. Like I want to get better. Don't give a crap how humble this makes me. It doesn't bother me. Like I will get better because I'm going to do what I need to do to, to, to make it happen. Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, <laughs> I could probably go on for another hour and a half, but I think, uh, <laughs> just on that whole aspect uh, and if you think of if, if you ever come across that let me know because there's there's something about that special moment whether it's just a couple of seconds that that happened that will carry you through going to the gym three four five times a week or will carry you through those moments where you don't want to get up or you don't want to go for it but it's a it's a powerful it's a powerful thing that happens uh to people and, and when you see it in them it's it's inspiring and it's just like man it's just so incredible to watch um but, yeah, uh, that never that never quit mentality is something that I that I 
that I aim to like get people to get out of people. Like I'm never going to quit. I'm going to push myself as hard as this is. I'm going to do it. Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but we'll call it the Kramer moment for now until, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's do it <laughs> until we can think of or find the, the real moment. But, uh, I mean, that works for me. Just, just talking to you for the last hour and a half or so. Um, definitely. Well, I mean, that, that's all I have. Um, I definitely need to do this again though. Um, especially for season three. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and end the interview there. When I imagine the dodgeball athletes in the future, five to 10 years from now, we're watching them in the Olympics, hopefully, or through streaming or whatever medium delivers the content to us. I feel like we're gonna go ahead and be able to pinpoint to this time frame, 20, 2016, 2018, in which people have begun taking on personal trainers, organizing practices, and modifying their lifestyles to put in the work outside of the dodgeball court, whether it's through their open gyms, wrecking competitive leagues, and say, this is where it started to evolve once again. We've made the comments in OG panels and whatnot where we could watch like the highest level of competition from 2005 to 2012 and say, these teams have no idea what they're doing. They look so lost and so just unorganized. And now we start to see the strategies and the levels of and displays of athleticism that are really separating teams like Doom and Rise from teams that are lower to bottom of the, of the pack, but also the teams that are, are starting to move up as well. And it's incredible. Um, I want to say thank you so much, Brenda, for, for hopping on again. Um, I feel like you provided a very solid interview that kind of alludes and kind of maybe, I don't want to say almost prophesizes what the future of dodgeball is going to look like, but I really am happy and grateful that you were able to uh, to hop on and help me produce this episode. Like I mentioned during the Bell's precap, there were so many tempting rabbit holes to, to delve into. I just could not help myself but have a separate one. So thank you again for that. And also thank you for uh, maneuvering to quieter areas throughout the interview to avoid some of the, uh, the sounds of the city. Um, I just feel like you were providing so much gold and solid takeaways that um, it, it just had to be heard and recorded um, as clearly as possible. Um, moving on, though, for those listening, um, let me know if getting into the weeds, um, as we did with some of the workout strategies and practices that players are engaging in to help make themselves better, is something that you'd like to hear about. Um, I know I said, I think in the first episode, I want to go in through all kinds of of just specific dodgeball stuff, but, um, you know, penning feedback, that's basically how I will decide, you know, what, uh, what we should cover or what we should go into. So, and speaking of that, um, at the time of this episode's release, the, uh, the survey should have gone out by now, should have been posted on both uh, the group and the page. And so if you have taken it, thank you so much for doing so. And you have not, or if you have not, please take a few minutes to, to do so. And let me know how I can make this podcast better. Um, as I'm wrapping up season two and looking at my plans for season three, I, I do realize and acknowledge that um, we're, we're telling the dodgeball story through my perspective and, and there's a lot of bias that I have. So I wanted to see like what else or how else can we, can we help mitigate that and actually just get as much coverage as possible or just see like who else should be on the interviews and who should be on the panels, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll leave it at that. Um, just yeah take the survey please um and then um yeah we'll see where that goes but that all being said um have a great rest of your friday evening a great weekend and we'll see you next time
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I've been fortunate to bring Brack. <laughs> ah. Bring her Brack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's try again. Uh, three, two, one. 